if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 62. When I got the call to do this, I got to looking and this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And uh, I read it, and I thought, wow, that's cool. I went someplace else, came back to here, went someplace else, came back to here. For a couple of days, and after a bit, I gave up and said, okay, here we go, God. This is going to be short and sweet, but I want you to know How much God loves you. In my Bible, they title this chapter, Isaiah Prays for Jerusalem. And I looked down through there. I got commentaries out, and that just messed my mind up more. And I got to thinking, you know, Isaiah might have prayed this, but if you get to reading and studying out a little bit, it's almost like God is doing the talking here. And I don't think it was just to Jerusalem, but it was to every one of us that walk on this face of this earth, even today. I don't know how many years ago this was wrote, but let me tell you what, it is still penetrating to into our hearts if we let God's love go forth. And it says, because I love Zion, I will not be, keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I will remain. Will, cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like, a, like the dawn and the salvation blazes like a burning torch. Precious Heavenly Father, we give you the praise and the glory here tonight, Lord. You know what I looked at. You know what it's down in my heart, Lord. We just need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within my heart. And bring out the words that you put in there that will touch these people's lives so we can draw closer to you. And we just give you the praise and the glory. Amen. Amen. Because I love Zion. Zion was a town that David conquered. Uh, he set up his kingdom there. He set up his city there. He changed it to, design, to Zion to the city of David. Uh, that's where he was. That's where he loved to be. And we see here that, and, and we, I think we can transport our names in there. Because I love John. That's hard to believe, isn't it? But he, believes, he loves everybody. He loves us and he reaches out. He said, I will not be silent. I will reach out and touch wherever I need to go. My heart yearns. For Jerusalem, my heart desires to be where you're at. Have you ever been to a desire to be someplace? Yeah, I do. I desire to be home. When I was a kid, I'd get homesick. And we'd be just at my cousin's house. It got dark. I got homesick. I wanted to go home before it got dark. I'm telling you what, it's dark out there, isn't it? I want to go home. My heavenly home. That's what we're yearning for, and that's what God, he said, I will not stop praying for her 
until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. I think that's what God wants within our lives today. He wants us to be that bright and shining light out into this dark and dim world that we're living in. He wants us to be a flaming torch. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit down within our lives like never before. Any other time in our lives, through history of the church, I think today we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost moving within our lives. Glory, hallelujah. Because we don't know what we're going to face out there tomorrow. The world is changing. You look at Jerusalem over there. We need to pray for Jerusalem like never before. We need to lift her up and hold her close to us because that's God's children over there. And people are condemning them for protecting themselves. But we see here that that is what God said would happen. But we, as Christians, as children of God, we need to raise that standard higher. We need to let that torch burn a little brighter in our lives. Glory, hallelujah. Do you ever see the sun come up over a mountaintop? Around, you can't, I went down the ocean. You can see it coming out of the ocean. It's cool too. But you ever see the sun rise over a mountain? It's beautiful. You know, we have sunsets. People take pictures of sunsets. You all go out and see the sunrise. Well, in the break of day, that little bit of light shining out through there, that is what God wants us to do within our lives. We need to be that within our lives. We need to be that torch that is burning bright like never before. Verse 2, the nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be bound by your glory. And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. A name. There's a couple young ladies running around the church here. I renamed them. They don't like it, but I renamed them. I call them Mildred. One girl said, oh, and she gave me a hard time until I sat her down and I said, listen, Mildred was my favorite aunt. And if I give you that name, you're pretty special to me. Now to this day, she calls me Mildred. But God is going to give us a new name. Glory. Now, Pastor Cindy has started this on Wednesday night, and I've picked up on it. And I don't know whether I can do as good as she does, but she always, someplace in her sermon, always breaks out this old red hat back hymnal book and sings a old hymnal. A name. And I'm going to try to sing, and if you guys know it, please jump in here. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. YouTube that, and you'll get a really good singer. But my name, the most important thing that I know of is having my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. No matter what I do in this world, no matter where I go, at the very end, 
I must know that my name is written down in glory. Now, I have my names in a few places. It's a little hard to believe that it was there. I played on a softball team. We won a couple championships. If you go down to the Pizza Hut, Pizza Pub now, uh, there used to be a trophy in there with my name on it because I played on that winning team. That does not matter. But we need to have our name written in the book of life. We need to have that within us uh, so that people will know. Once again, this sermon is sort of saying we need to spread the gospel around the world uh, because God's got a new name for me. And I, I have noticed in my life that anytime I get somebody really good, I hear John Skipper. I was wondering if that's what he's going to call me when I get to heaven. I don't know. Now, when I pull something on someone, I always hear, John Skipper. But then I, then I remember what my mother used to say. She would say, John Clark, I know that I done pushed the limit way too far. But God's got us a new name. Hallelujah. We need to give God the glory and the honor that he has given us a name. Verse 3 the Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see a splendoring crown in his hand. What do you think about that? God's going to hold us in his hand. Glory. No matter how bad I look, in God's hand, I'm crowned. With glory. That's how much God loves us. He holds us in his hands. You ever hold a little baby in your hands? How good it makes you feel? Since I've been a granddad now for a couple years, uh, where I work, every once in a while they bring in little kids, you know, and the kids are fussing, and I just come up to them, and I says, that's okay. I said, I'm a certified grandpap. Anytime you want to, just turn them over to me. Just let me have them. Within 15 minutes, they will be spoilt beyond repair. But with God, that's how he is with us. He wants to hold us in his hands. No matter what we go through in life, we know that we're in the hand of God, and God will make us all right. He wants to show us off. Do you ever show off for your kids? That's my girl. Used to make my girls so mad when they was in some kind of sports. I said, that's my girl. You just shut up. But that's how God is with us. He wants us, He wants to show us off to the world. He wants to give us all the blessings down within our lives so that we can give Him the glory, but He also wants to give us uplifting. Uh, part. Verse 4, never again will you be called the forsaken city or the deserted land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the, the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. I don't know, maybe there's somebody in here needs to know this. I don't care what anybody calls you. God didn't call you that. I had a seventh grade English teacher call me something, 
And it stuck with me. I, I just turned it over real quick, and I just didn't like her anymore. And I felt bad, you know. And then I met her son, and I thought, that poor guy. I only had her one hour a day, and he had to live with her. And I, I hard to tell what. And he, he had a rough life. I could see it. And people can speak things into your life and say things to you, but I'm telling you what, God is not calling you that. He is calling you his bride. He rejoices in you. And that's one thing we have to remember. Uh, no matter what people call us, God calls us the, God, the city of God delight, the bride. He rejoices. He delights in you. Then your children will, will commit themselves to you over Jerusalem just as a young man commits himself to his bride. Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Not only does God love me and love you, not only did he give you a new name, he also rejoices over you. Sometimes I need a little rejoicing over me. We rejoice over what God has done for us, but God wants to rejoice over us. He wants us to be lifted up, knowing that he's the Father. He's got it all under control. No matter what comes down the road, we can know that God will rejoice. O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray night and day continually. He says he built a wall around Jerusalem. All big, the old cities back then had walls around them. And what did he say here? That he posted watchmen on the wall. Praise for them night and day. And I thought about that. God has someone praying for us all the time. And I thought about that. I said, God, I don't, I don't remember lifting up anybody's name that I don't know. But then I got to thinking about it. When I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, is he lifting somebody up around the world and, and, and touching lives? And we see here that God wants to do that. He posts people around us all the time praying for us. So when you get down the dumps and you don't feel like anybody knows what's going on, Guess what? Our Heavenly Father knows who it is. He knows where we're at. He knows right where we're standing at. And he brings people around us and makes a hedge around us. Job said that he, that, you know, the devil told God, he says, you've got a hedge around him. I can't do nothing around about it. But God puts a hedge around us and protects us from all the stuff that goes around in the world. So we can realize that God has all that can taken care of. Now I have definitely lost where I'm at. Take no rest, all who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he has completed his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. Now can we change God's mind? No. Can we make God move? No. But I think what he was saying here we know what lies ahead. We know that the return of Jesus Christ is coming. And we need to continue to pray 
God, let me be a witness to this world around me that people will know that you are coming soon. And we need to lift up our names. We need to call on God no matter how long it is. We can never give up on what God has promised us. If he promised something back in Genesis, guess what? It will happen in our lifetime. God will make a way for it to come true. It says, the Lord swore to Jerusalem by his own strength, I will never again hand you over to the enemies, never again for foreign warriors come and take away your grain and new wine. You raise the grain and you will eat it. Praise the Lord. Within the courtyard of the temple, you yourselves will drink the wine for your press. How many of you have raised a garden? Isn't that fun? Enjoy it. Don't like it when them stinking deer eat all my green beans. One day, I have to deal with that. Or my, one year, my tomato plants, oh, they were looking so pretty. Oh, they looked so lovely out there. And best looking crop of tomatoes I've seen. Oh, man. We went away, came back. I walked out, looked out the kitchen window to my garden, and I said, did it frost? No, a blight came along and killed my tomato plants. That's what we have to deal with today, the, the things around the world. But one day, when we're walking down the streets of gold, he says there's fruit trees that we'll eat off of. Won't that be great that we have that? We don't have to worry about that. Then verse 10, go, through the, go, go out through the gates, prepare the highway for my people to return. Smooth out the road. Pour out the boulders. Raise a flag for all the nations to see. God wants us to go out through those gates. Those gates, those gates, those gates. Wherever you came into this sanctuary at, God is calling us to go out through the gates. That's what, and make the road straight. Make a flaming torch around us so people can see the glory of God because he's coming back. He's coming back very soon because on down there, the Lord has sent his message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, look, your Savior is coming. He's bringing his reward with him as he comes. Praise God. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? God is coming back. We need to be preparing the road for people to come. We need to raise the flag when people say, what is going on with this crazy world? We need to raise the flag. Say, right here is the answer. What's wrong with this world? It's crazy. You need Jesus in it. We need to go out and tell the world about Jesus Christ because he's coming back. He's bringing his award with him. And I can't wait. Most of you know I work for a funeral home. All we say, I'm the last responder. And I said, the, the doctors can say you're dead. The pastor can preach over a wonderful funeral for you. But you're not buried 
until I say you're buried. That's my job. Make sure everything's right. You're faced the right way. Nothing goes wrong. Everything is before they put any dirt on. After they put dirt on, then it's not my responsibility. But one of these days, God is going to come back. And I was just wondering the other day, we was at a gravesite, and I was looking around, and I look around at old tombstones. There was one guy that died in 1914. Can you imagine that? Do the math. He's been dead for 110 years, almost. I thought, wow. But eternity just hasn't even started yet when, he, when Christ comes back. Praise God. And he's going, I, I can just imagine. I, 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 yeah, sometimes my brain works kind of on the lost side. But what would happen if, as, as they was putting the casket down in and the vault down in, all at once there would be a trumpet blast out over the hillside. The graves start popping open every place. Oh, there we go. Man, wouldn't that be, won't that be a great day? Are you looking for the second coming of Christ? I hope you are. I hope you got your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I hope you know that God loves you. He delights in you. He rejoices over you. And he wants to pour out his spirit on you. Yes. Glory, hallelujah. We need to spread the gospel like never before because the time is getting shorter and shorter. I'm almost 70 years old, raised in Assembly of God Church, so you know that I've heard that Jesus was coming back for the last 60 years. He's just 60 years closer than he's coming it's not an old message. It's a new message. We need to prepare our hearts, cleanse our hearts, make sure things are right because he could come in an instant, in a moment of time. Praise God. We need to lift up his name out through this world. Do whatever we can. And God has a sense of humor. This morning I opened up uh, uh, my devotion and, and I read this and I said, okay, this is cool. Hebrews chapter 10. I was back there, back to Isaiah. Now I'm up here in Hebrews. Many years later when this was wrote, it says, let us hold tight without wavering to the hope we affirm for God, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can, if he made a promise, we can keep it. He doesn't shake from it. He doesn't move away from it. He says, whoops, I really tried to do that, but I just couldn't get it done. But not God. If he made a promise to you, he can fulfill it. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. We need to pray for one another, don't we? In this time of our lives that we're living in, we need to lift up this church, the people that are around us, the people that are sitting by us, the people we haven't seen for a while here at this church. We need to get together and start praying for one another, lifting them up, hold them close, because that's what he says to do here. 
And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing nigh. Who wrote that? Paul? Help me out. Paul? Paul write that? I don't know. Peter? Paul? One of them guys way back in the day, several thousand years ago, he wrote that. He says, the earth, you know, Jesus is coming near. Guess what? He's coming, isn't he? Are you ready? Are you excited? Yay, Jesus is coming back. Get ready. Get a shout on. It'll be better than any football game you've ever been to. It'll be better than any stock car race you've ever been to. And I have been to a lot of stock car races. I have traveled far and wide to go to a stupid racetrack and watch cars go. And they don't have any exhaust on them. And I'm up there, yeah, go, man, go. He couldn't hear me no matter what. But guess what? God can hear me. We need to lift up a shout to God Almighty. 